0: Welcome to the Untitled Film Project Podcast. See the movie? Then join us, we'll talk about it. We're talking about Disney Pixar's Elemental, where they take us to a world where the elements have to live together, sort of.
1: Water is always getting into something. And fire, as ordered, we run a little hot. But we all live by one simple rule. Cannot mix.
2: And we'll also be answering the big question. The big question this week, and we want you to start thinking about it now, because when we get to it in about 20, 25 minutes, we want you there with us to join the discussion. What is a... What's, what adjective should I use here? Crazy? What Bizarre, is it? Bizarre? Fun? You, crazy? You can unique. fill in your own Unique adjective. is good. Thank you, yeah. Bradford. A more broad, because you're
1: setting it up to be something
2: I know. That's why I, was, that's why I was really struggling with that. So, okay. So, name a unique instance out at the theater or the drive-in, whatever, what is the kind of most unique thing that's happened to you or you have found yourself in situation? It's
1: excluding Hanky Panky.
2: Ex- yes, <laughs> because unfortunately that is not unique.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of the theater you've been going to. No, whatever. not for me, I'm just saying like
2: for people. So, Which I learned from a Moore set, actually. So, <laughs> the most unique situation out to a theater or a drive-in. That's what we want to know. Alright, while you're watching the movie, what happened? We want to know.
0: Disney, Pixar, Elemental. Let's get our initial takes. Let's start with Jeremy Cakeover.
2: Wow, to oh, start off, a I, know, deep it's, breath. It's, I know it's tough. Um, Inhale, exhale. I enjoyed the voice acting performances for the most part. The story itself a little vanilla didn't really care for the story itself. I liked the idea of the symbolism of the hot and the cold and the night they're different so they can't live together. I, I like that on a surface. It's one of those things where like you watch a commercial for example and it's like it's just bad mm-hmm. but you're, you, you there is a part of your brain that acknowledges that oh when they wrote that I bet it worked. On Ooh. paper, it's a good idea. An execution, mm, right? I'm not going to call this, mm, but I'm just saying like, it's not, it's a very vanilla idea to me. It's a very vanilla story. And I will say, the last thing I'll say is it lacked the charm of typical Disney Pixar movies for me. There was very few laughter moments. And I think I only laughed, like chuckled, I think twice in an hour and a half. I mean, that's, it's not good. It's not, it's again, the movie was, you know, it was fine, but it just, the, I expect so much more from a major Pixar release. I expect some sort of comedic element and it's almost like they decided not to do that. It lo- it was so absent that Ooh. it was almost like, no, 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 there's no funny lines allowed. And then they eventually put in like two or three. Like it was, it was just, I don't know. It was weird. It was missing. It was missing that part for me. That's my initial take.
0: I certainly was not looking forward to this movie. I've talked about that on the podcast. If, uh, I they if just you follow uh, us
2: on TikTok or YouTube Shorts. You know that that is the case.
0: Yeah, I, I they just gave me no compelling reason to want to see this movie. Uh, I didn't. See any of the appeal, um, and and the conflict, uh, you know, just didn't seem interesting to me. Uh, fire and water can't get together. Romeo and Juliet, you know, I, I, and this movie absolutely lived up to my expectations, which were pretty low. Uh, they <laughs> didn't achieve anything. If if they mixed elements together, they made mud here because it was ground and water. Uh, I just I found myself not laughing. Maybe one or two. Mm-hmm, uh, most of the jokes seem to be based on water and fire puns. Not funny, not amusing. Yep. Um, and uh, the characters, I just, uh, I didn't, I wasn't pulled in. I, I was not emotionally invested in them very much. So um, I was disappointed that uh, Pixar has gotten to this level. Justin Bradford. Mm. So
1: it's interesting you say that about the puns, Jim, because I'm now seeing a marketing campaign that is focused on the puns. Disney's put out there's a Facebook video ad that's focused on pun jokes being what? a selling point of the movie. Well, yes, that,
0: that's pretty much all they had. Right. So. Which is
1: very curious. Like you've even brought that up. If that is what they're working on and basing it on, that people are going to enjoy those types of jokes, and it fell flat for you. So I'm curious to see what the general audience thinks now that it's in wide release to see if it falls flat with them or if they enjoy it.
2: So that is curious cuz you yeah.
1: me and I remember I saw that yesterday that it was focused on we're pruning like the one of right. those, like the things we saw in the trailers like every seems like almost every joke we saw in the trailer. <laughs> yeah so no like that's important. true. That's true. The but sponge, the sponge
2: gag was in the mm-hmm. trailer. The Marco Polo the gag was in the trailer. The pruning
1: was in the trailer. The body type. When that's another great
2: example that I forgot that I'm now I'm stepping on your initial take. But yeah, that's You're welcome. I'm going to go ahead and keep going. Though. <laughs> <laughs> that was another thing that I did notice was that the the kind of highlight moments were all used up. Yeah, and that's an amateur thing. That's not a Disney Pixar thing for me. Right. You have to market your movie. I'm not taking anything away from using, you know, people using like funny lines and this and that. That's all fine. You have to market it. Okay. But when it's, when you spend all of your comedic currency in a one minute trailer or a two minute trailer, and that's all that It means you to have offer. nothing else Yeah It means you have nothing I just It's so lazy to me right, Let me Maybe lazy is the wrong word It's amateur can I,
1: can I go now? Yes you
2: can go now But first you must kiss me Because I'm fireish. We Do not
1: touch me
0: Yield the floor to Justin Bradford <laughs> Oh
1: thanks So in But the first mo-
2: I have one more thing <laughs> I'm just
1: kidding This guy <laughs> kidding. This guy, <laughs> this guy <laughs> And he's going to edit it To where I'm pointing At him On the correct side as well Anyways Yeah In the moment, overall, I did enjoy it. In the moment. As I got to thinking about the movie more, I started realizing how it's a plot that we've seen before. Mm -hmm. How it, to me, felt lazy with a lot of the humor and the jokes. Beautiful film. like I felt the animation styling was gorgeous. It was wasted on a plot that we've seen before, which is parents move, they immigrate, they're in a new land. Uh-huh. First generation child is expected to follow in the footsteps of their family, does not want to do that. Oh, and throw in love that they're just not supposed to be together. One side of the family, ex- one side is accepting, the other side isn't. Da-da-da-da-da. We have seen it so many times in film.
0: Especially <laughs> especially done really well lately. I mean, because yeah. you, could, you could say that's one of the major themes of everything everywhere all at once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the, the TV show beef on netflix is the same thing it's expectations immigrants coming over what you know are you going to live up to their expectation It, 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 it has been done well and this one was just done for the sake of doing it again
1: like i i feel like as i look back with all the other pixar films this is mid and it shouldn't be falling in the middle anywhere they should not be putting out releases that fall in the middle we have expectations now of unique storylines, stories that we've never seen before. You even look at, not long ago, Soul. It's mm-hmm. an exploration, even though it was pandemic times, it didn't get the release that it deserved, but it's exploring something different that we haven't explored before. Um, you look at Onward was something that was different, at least in terms of the way it was set out. You have your Dungeons and Dragons type of theme and trying to get All back right. to the father and have to realize and deal with loss. Um, Coco, completely discovering new culture, and, and everything. But then you have Lightyear, overall fell flat. Elemental, I think, falls flat in the storytelling. Audiences, I think, overall are going to like it because families are going to enjoy this film. But overall, as a film, when you compare it to others, which... That's what I know I do. That's what our job is. It is not the same level of overall storytelling we've come to expect from Disney-Pixar. Animation, again, is beautiful. What they do with reflection mm-hmm. and lighting with fire, and especially in the fire yep. world, what they deal with there, I feel like is absolutely beautiful. Looks great. Storytelling and false flags is something we've seen before, and it makes me roll my eyes a little bit when we, when we see this because... We've had the story told to us so many different times, and there's nothing new in terms of that. I did like the immigrant story and how they're dealing with respect and how uh, her father did not get that same respect when he chose to immigrate to a new land. I mean, you you feel connected in the moment, but when you reflect back on the story, going you know, it was nothing new. Uh, there's nothing earth-shattering about this story that makes me want to remember it. This is not one of those movies that I'm going to want to just turn on and go back and watch. I watch Coco all the time. I watch it all the time on repeat. I've watched Onward multiple times. I'll watch different toy stories all the times. I'll watch so many Inside Out.
0: Is there any rewatchability with Elemental?
1: Only if you want to see beautiful animation styling, but it still doesn't compare to Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah, there's new standards being set because we're starting to see more of a Disney's forcing Pixar to push these suckers out year after year when before there used to be a couple of years between Pixar movies because they needed the time to work on them. Now it's every single year or even two times a year. There's expectations of multiple releases, and I don't think they're having enough time to develop new stories. But we're getting quantity over
0: over quality. Yeah. So yeah.
1: overall, it's mid. It's not awful. It's no. something we've seen before. Families, you, if you take your kids, they're going to enjoy it. Overall, I think they're just going to enjoy it, have a fun time in the movie theater, seeing something really pretty with a little bit of humor that puns might fall better on other people. But overall, it's just not a beautiful product.
0: I think you're going to forget about it by the time you hit uh, the doors of the theater to go up to the
1: parking lot. It's forgettable. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately.
0: All right, well, let's peel back the layers a little more on Pixar's Elemental. Uh, The story that we can all agree is not very original, and uh, there's no groundbreaking Being done here, just maybe the level of animation that we, uh, you know, have come to expect from Pixar because they should be really good at it, and they are. <laughs> uh, was there anything about the two characters? Um, I, I don't even want to call it a love story because it really is. It's maybe a courtship between Ember and Wade. Uh, w- did that have any pull for you? Uh, her being the you know hot headed. You know, uh, you know, son of the or daughter of the immigrant, and and he being the really happy go lucky, super accepting family that just kind of you know, do 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 do. Was a,
2: <laughs> I know I'm setting this up for an answer that is not good. I'll go first, and because this is, I know this is kind of our deeper dive section traditionally, and the only note that I have for my deeper dive. Is Leah Lewis, who is the voice of Ember, was tremendous. I thought she was great. And you're thinking, okay, well, you know, most of the time she's just really talking or getting mad. How hard is that, really? But at the end, when she has to show a serious sad emotion because Wade is apparently dead and her dad is in bad health and she let her dad down because she he, he finds out that she it was the one that sprung the leak in the basement. Like all that stuff. She is, I believed the character on screen because her voice acting was that good. She had the quivering lip even though you couldn't see it. She's clearly fighting back tears which you can't see. Like all the things that you can't see. That's a, the mark of a true voice acting Prodigy, if you will, is is when you can feel the emotion through the Mm -hmm. screen, even though you can't see anything about the person, especially if they're not animated as a person, right? And I felt every ounce of her suffering and sorrow and agony and helplessness, all those things in that what final five minutes, right, of that of that uh, part of the movie. So. Leah Lewis, I mean, huge marks for me.
1: That's where I do give credit. And you mentioned your initial thoughts is the voice acting overall with this was was tremendous because they weren't going with celebrities; they're going with people that could get the job done. Okay,
2: but Catherine O'Hara in there, but they're
1: not. But but with that, they're not marketing those voices. Either. No,
2: that that part is true. That's, that's yes. true.
1: They they. They cast this based on whose voice is going to fit the role best. That's a great point. Compared right. to so many other animated films. Especially
0: like, like a DreamWorks SKG movie. Right. You're, Kevin yeah. Hart
1: voices this, The Rock right. voices this. Yeah. Right. They, we they, didn't only, get that.
0: they don't even tell you the plot. They just list off the stars. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah.
1: And that's the selling point for this. The selling point for what they're trying to accomplish here is obviously the animation and the story is what they're trying to sell. They are not marketing the voice actors whatsoever, and I appreciate that.
2: Isn't that ironic, though, that this is a movie where the story's kind of weak. You might, to, you might need to market some punch stars. Punch it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, which, which is very interesting. Those
1: characters are big, though, either. I mean,
2: no, no, no. I'm saying, like, if, if there was ever a time to do it, oh, right, this yeah. is the movie to do it. Right. <laughs> you know, it's not the other ones that are actually good despite the top-list talent That instead yep. of voice actors. It's this one that they use voice actors, and you're like, oh, well, I mean... Good for you. That's how you should be doing it. But, but the story it, you gave him a terrible yeah, script. Yeah, you, was, you, you kind what's of failed. Unique
1: them. Is the director Peter Sohn is also a voice actor. Did you, did you want... He's yeah, also an animator no, I did not know actor, that. So that was a unique product as well for trying to paint positive light on this. It's how they're using somebody who's been with Pixar since 2000. Uh, he voiced um, in Spider-Man across Spider-Verse, Gonkey. very small role, but obviously the, not the guy in the chair. <laughs> right, right. Um, socks and Lightyear. Yep. I mean, he's done... Um, and that was excellent. Yes, he was in Luca. Yeah. He's been in The Good Dinosaur. He's been in so many different things. So for him to have that switch over to the director role... And good for him. Good, for, Very good for him and, and helping to tell that story. So it's just neat to see those aspects of... They're not trying to market it with major celebrity directors or, or voice actors or anything of that sort. So I commend Disney on that, at least getting people that fit these roles the way they feel like they should be fit.
2: And all I'm saying is that it's ironic that this is the one they choose yes. to do that in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, I, you know, I just think it's unfortunate that, you know, I think a lot of things were set up for success. Like you said, there's some pretty decent, you know, actors, and, you know, I, I'm sure this voice actor turned director is now, you know, earned that role, but uh, the source material is where it, it all begins and ends, and it ends, because <laughs> the, there's no good source material. This is not a very compelling story. Uh, if all those other movies that had the same themes didn't come out, Uh, maybe, uh, but if you are doing this and this has been in, I mean, the pop culture landscape of movies and TV shows and other things for, you know, a really good solid 10 years strong, this, you know, this, this immigrant coming here and blending with society and parent expectations, bring something new to the table or don't bring it at all.
2: I will say that I think this is going to do really, really well with the under 10 Demographic. Ooh, I was going to go with eight. Okay. Eight is fine. Ten, I maybe. Maybe for the same reasons, I, though.
1: I don't know about eight. I agree more with Gover. Well, no, I'm just saying, but we
2: might be talking about the same thing, okay? okay? Because if you haven't seen this story before, it's probably going to hit you pretty hard. A kid Ooh. growing up who's never seen the seven great examples of exactly what okay. we're talking about, right? This is their first introduction to it. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, whoa. Because it is it is visually amazing. It is visually stunning. The voice acting is great for the most part. And the story, again, for, to us is vanilla. But if you've never seen it before, it's probably pretty powerful because of the visual components being so in-your-face, fire versus water, right? And so I think maybe for that kind of 8-, 9-, 10-year-old demographic and below – they can get a really good enjoyment out of this because they have not seen it before but for us who have seen it or teenagers who have seen yeah i saw these last four disney movies or whatever that are like this it's it's it it pales
1: well I, i feel like as well the people that will probably relate more to this are folks that have first generation generational trauma
0: sure as well. yes those are people
1: that might relate whether they're a teenager or not if they haven't seen this type of story before because they can relate to the pressure that a parent might put on that has immigrated to sure. the united states for instance or things like that those are the people that are going to connect so obviously didn't connect with the three of us but there are going to be people out there that will connect deeper with the story especially if they haven't seen it before like you mentioned well
2: that's a, that's the key though only if you haven't seen it before
0: right because those, is- those connected with me on all those other projects that we talked about yes you know they connect and then i am not the product of an immigrant you know, Agreed. like my parents, you know, were born and, you know, raised in the United States. So, uh, but those connected, I mean, those transcended. I didn't need that experience to yes. understand right. the the humanity and the difficulties that go along with that. Um, whereas, you know, this one, I don't, maybe that's too heady a concept for a 10-year-old. I don't know. I don't
1: think anymore nowadays with what they're exposed to. Mm, that could be. In terms of media that kids are way smarter than I think a lot of adults give them credit for. No,
0: there's no question. (laughs) Let's score this movie elemental Disney Pixar.
2: Let's begin with
0: Jeremy Gover.
2: All right. Carl's date is the short film that's shown prior to the feature film. Elemental. It was better than elemental. The animation was outstanding as Mr. Shiny over here, Bradford mentioned, and then we have all mentioned the jokes were weak. They used them all up in the trailers, and even, I wouldn't call any of them you know, uproariously funny, but they, you know, it was like, oh, okay, that would have hit, but then I've already seen them before. The story is recycled. I mean, we talked about that ad nauseum as well. If you want a great movie about differences, go see Zootopia. It's tremendous. 5.5. Mm. 5. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I'm going to echo
0: a lot of those same points because uh, I, yeah, actually don't need to. I'm just going to retweet what you just said okay. because uh, I agreed with you on every one of those points. Uh, I just really thought, uh, yeah, it, it, it sure it looked nice. It was it was eye candy. Uh, there there was some themes. I don't think they were explored very well. Um, I think the comedy was not very good. I've mentioned this in, in some other forums where I thought, like, even the water jokes uh, were way better on SpongeBob than they were in this movie, okay? Like, it's just, they, they weren't funny. They didn't land, uh, and I just feel like they failed us, and we know that they can do so much better. So, I'm giving Elemental a four.
1: Mm-hmm Justin Bradford. It
0: cuts a little deep.
1: Uh, That's, wow. All right, so is this Bad Like Cars 2? No. (laughs) (laughs) It is not. (laughs) Mr.
2: Shiny being shiny again over here.
1: Is this Toy Story 2? No, absolutely (laughs) not. It is nowhere near as good as Toy Story and Toy Story 2. Again, for me, this falls somewhere middle, low middle for me when it comes to Disney-Pixar. Our expectations overall is high are high because they've given us those expectations on what we should think should happen from a Disney Pixar movie. Unique storytelling, beautiful animation, some exploration of thought process that we've never had before. Mm-hmm. Or, expecta- or Exploration of culture that we've never had before. We didn't get that with this film. None of we those. We have those expectations. Carl's date was a wonderful send-off for that character with Ed Asner. Uh, it was. I thought it was heartwarming also a little heartbreaking but also a good exploration of senior citizens what they go through with the loss when they're trying to move on or just continue to live their lives in such yeah. a short short film about a man and his dog that can talk <laughs> we got so much more out of that than we got out of elemental
0: i so agree
1: elemental beautiful animation i enjoyed the music i enjoyed the voice acting, but because the story was just not unique to me that's where it falls to a 6.5 for me And that is very low when you think of the scale for Disney Pixar movies when overall, again, I know we all like to make fun of anybody. Look at Rotten Tomatoes. On the tomato meter for Elemental from the critical side is 75%. That's really low for a Disney Pixar movie, I, I believe. From the
0: I would say, side. yeah, if you're looking at Disney Pixar, which usually has a bar very high, yes. Yes. because they've 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 got a body of work that is, you know, worthy of recognition, and 100%. you know, they just didn't do it here.
1: A 75% critic score, 90% audience score, which I think is even kind of low for audience score for Disney Pixar right now. They're typically in the upper 90s. Mm-hmm. I know it just came out, and that's probably going to even out a little bit, but I think this shows the expectations of people have for this company to put out something new and unique and is not matching that with this film
0: sure we love to talk about the movies that just came out but we also just love movies in general and we like to answer the big question in every episode the big question this time around is and
2: before i give the big question which we did earlier in the show we want to hear your Feedback. This is a great way to interact with us, right? When you go see a movie, what's the number one thing you like to do? Whether the movie's good, bad, or indifferent, you'd love to talk to your friends about it. Well, we're your friends. We are inviting you to the conversation. Just because you don't have a mic doesn't mean, like with us at the table, doesn't mean that we don't want to hear your opinion. You're still your here opinion. at the table. Yeah, that's right. You
1: to put another place over.
2: No. <laughs> oh, They're really? welcome to the table, Bradford. <laughs> <laughs> Join us <laughs> on Twitter or all the social medias, of course. Talk to us there. And of course, feel free to yell at your you know,
1: device as well. Especially when gopher's talking.
2: That's correct. Yes. (laughs) Today's question is, name a weird instance or a unique, I think is what we decided on earlier, name a unique instance in the theater that you were at. So, you had to be
0: watching a movie at the drive-in in a theater or somewhere. Or on the way Yeah, yeah, (laughs) could could
2: could be in, you know, the the bonus room of your house could be sleepover as long as as there's a movie involved and something crazy happened. Like your dog walked in front of your 20 inch TV and took a crap on the (laughs) while you're watching with your first date. I mean, anything remotely stupid like that. That's what we want to know. Let's start with Jim.
0: (laughs) I had read a book called Firefox. And it was a thriller. It was a spy thriller. I loved it. I was like a Cold War espionage adventure thing. And I saw that it was coming out in the movie theaters. And it was starring Clint Eastwood. Mm. Okay. And Clint Eastwood has to go uh, behind the Iron Curtain and steal a state-of-the-art plane that the Russians have created that connects mentally to the pilot and can actually, yeah. So it's a little sci-fi and it's like, this thing is such a valuable weapon. He's got to steal it to, you know, so that the Russians don't have an advantage in the Cold War. (laughs) Clint Eastwood is playing this character of somebody who is an operative who doesn't do this anymore. The movie opens with him on his own private property, and he's out for a jog. And I tell you this because the opening scene of the movie is where the fun happened in the movie theater. So I'm seeing this in the middle of the summer. I'm there with my brothers, right? And we're just, you know, goofballs. And the theater's got maybe 30, 40 people, and it tops The sound isn't on. (laughs) And, you know, it's showing the movie, but there is no sound whatsoever playing. So Clint Eastwood is jogging, and somebody a few rows ahead of us starts stomping their feet like a Foley artist to the, you know, the rhythm of what he would be jogging at. And then all of a sudden, there's a helicopter chasing him which is agents coming to say, we need you for this mission. And somebody else is going. (laughs) And the whole theater is doing the sound effects. And somebody else is going as he's jogging and trying to get away from this helicopter. And it was the funniest improv. Nobody planned it. Nobody knew it was coming. And then after about maybe five minutes of this and we're absolutely in tears laughing so hard at everybody just in the theater taking a role that needed to be done Uh, they shut the movie down they said give us five minutes we fixed the movie and so we ended up watching the movie with the sound back on but that five minutes before the movie had any sound whatsoever (laughs) was one of the funniest times i've ever had in a movie theater because people just took it upon themselves to like well i guess it's up to us and it was a blast. So that's my fun experience inside of a movie theater that uh, absolutely nobody knew was coming.
1: I feel like Jim should have gone last. <laughs> it's hard to follow. There's no way I can follow that. I'll
2: try to follow if you want. No, 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 I'll, I'll go ahead okay, and go. Okay. Get out of the
1: way because I feel like mine's going to be sandwiched. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very considerate of the listeners. Yes. yes. So two short ones. Most theaters now have it to where you can select your seat, right? Yeah. I typically will try to go to either an early morning showing. Luckily, my local theater will sometimes have 9 a.m. showings on Fridays or Saturdays. So nice, if you can get the them. crowds. So, going to see Spider-Man Across. This is more. This is really recent. Yeah. Spider-Man Across Spider-Verse. It's a theater that has five rows. At the point when I selected my seat the day before, I was the only person going to be in that theater at 9 a.m. I am pulling up to the theater. I always do this quick check. Like, yep. Okay, let's just see if there's any idiot that has decided to sit very close to me because <laughs> I will move. I don't like people. I want to experience a, th- a movie, <laughs> if I can, by myself in the center seat in the back, which as much space as possible. Lo and behold, a family of five chose the seats right next to me with the entire rest of the theater empty. (laughs) You've got to be kidding me. And here's the thing. The week before, when I also was going to see a film in Dolby, empty theater. Like this theater holds like what? 200 people maybe. and maybe only 15 seats taken. I'm in the middle. A group of seven chose the seats right next to me. And they could have chosen anywhere else. I'm like, what kind of uh, luck? You have animal they magnetism. Have they can't resist you. They're they drawn to you. Me. So before I get into the theater, cancel reservation, rebook to another one in a different row. And they come in. it's whole family. Who, when you see it on the screen, says, you know what? I'm going to sit right next to a stranger. Because I enjoy those interactions. I know Glover's had this happen to him. I have. That you was actually have, my story. Well, when so you I, can select your seats. I'm pivoting now. Well, sorry. No that's, that's no, that's fine. When well, you can select your seats, why on earth would you say, you know what? In an empty theater, I want to sit next to somebody else. <laughs> It's just what kind of social mechanisms going through your head? I, it's it's
0: like walking into the you know main lobby of a giant hotel and two elevator doors open up. One of them is crowded, the other one is empty, and you go, "Yeah, I think I'm going to try to jam into the one with yeah. 15 people in it." Let me it. get another disease. What are they thinking?
1: So the other short one is when the Muppets movie came out in 2011. This is outside of Nashville. I go to the theater and I sit down, and I realize I'm there by myself. The entire theater is packed with families. And if this one dude in his upper 20s by himself sitting there. I felt so creepy. <laughs> <laughs> it was the middle of a, of a weekend. And I'm just board. I'm looking around I'm like there's young kids, families everywhere. And I'm the only single male <laughs> in that theater. And I'm the one laughing the loudest as well. Yep. So it, I'm the Muppets super fan, enjoying it, this return of the Muppets. And then afterwards, people just could look like, what
0: is this guy? This gonna guy's going to, I bet he's in a windowless van. Free candy. <laughs> 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 All right, Jeremy K. Gower, I think we stole some of your Sorry, ideas.
2: I pitted, it's okay.
0: okay. But, uh, uh, I, but could,
2: I know oh. you've seen a lot of movies, so I you've <laughs> got to have other stories. I, have. I could bring up the time where I went to an opening night Star Wars release, and somebody showed up in the theater riding a Tauntaun. A wow. Rainbow. God, I wish it was a real one. <laughs> was
0: it two people
2: in a tonton suit? No, like, it was what? a guy. You know those Halloween costumes where you like walk at them and they oh, look yeah. like the legs? And oh, then they put the yes. Legs. Okay, well, he had a flocked one. Oh, It was like whoa. hairy. Oh, it was awesome. Or I could bring up the time where I went to see Ooh. Gremlins 2, and you know the part where the tape melts? In the yeah. World, okay. In the world, uh, there were audible boos in my audience, and multiple people, multiple, popped out of their seats, pissed off, nearly running to the exits to go tell the... The, the theater operators something's wrong with the tape before oh my God. they realized it's a gag it was supposed to be okay, oh, yeah. success to the filmmakers yeah, for doing that uh, you know they, they but, i mean it was they like, got like it was she,
1: heated for about five seconds like in she-hulk when all of a sudden it goes to the menu yes <laughs> <a little> bit <laughs> right <sad. laughs>
2: but but i will bring out the time because bradford took my <laughs> creepy person next to me for no reason story that i was sitting in the theater I was minding my own business the trailers are on well, this is back in the 90s, and the Romeo and Juliet remake trailer comes on. The one Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Okay, whatever. And the trailer, you know, it's you know, visually interesting. like it always, trailers are, you know, heart pumping, blah, 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 blah. And then it's like, bang, you know, this summer, whatever it was going to be, right? Dead silent. Okay, as most trailers are. You don't notice it until something like this happens. But it's dead silent. The guy right behind me, I'm not with him. All of a sudden, he goes, man, Bill's going to be pissed they mess with this movie. <laughs> And the whole place just died. It was like a it was so funny. And it was unreal. He called him Bill, Bill instead of Willish. Bill. Yeah, Bill oh, it was so great. They Again, did. not as weird as creepy person sitting next to me eating a subway sandwich. Which happened. Because Bradford took a very similar story, but I will say that, that was that was what kind of sandwich was I, it? I oh dude, I tried I tried to You know it's not tuna.
0: you've been listening to the untitled film project podcast we would love to hear your unique story of what happened while you were watching a movie uh i'm sure you've got some ones that we can't tell but we certainly want to hear yours uh, you know leave a comment talk to us on social media and check us out on the website that contains all of the different stuff that we bring to the table with the untitled film project podcast
1: untitled Thank you for listening to the Untitled Film Project podcast. To support the show, please rate, review, follow, and subscribe. Original music by Jeremy Schwartz. Special thanks to the Music City Film Critics Association. Editing and post-production by Jeremy K. Gover. Voiceover by Chad Bennett.